You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Timmy! Great work, man! Thanks! Remember my credo, Timmy! Don't be a fool! Stay in school! God, I love this place. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And you're listening to Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies, the ones you're nostalgic about, the ones that you remember fondly. Brandon and I watch them objectively, pick them apart, and let you know, are these movies any good, or are you blinded by nostalgia? This week we watched 2002's sex comedy, National Lampoon's Van Wilder. Zach, don't graduate, celebrate, bro. It's, you know, the perfect movie to talk about at uh, 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> it is, man. College, you know, semesters are wrapping up. People are getting ready to party for the summer. Whew. What a way to what a way to celebrate. What a way to kick it off. Oh, my gosh. Um, I feel like there's a lot of better ways to kick it off. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but how can you deny the power? This is our introduction to one... Ryan Reynolds, or at least it was for me. Yeah, um, I think this was my first Ryan Reynolds too. I don't, I can't remember. Go away, Phoebe. I do remember that show he was on, Two Guys, a Girls, and a Pizza Plates. Yeah, I didn't really. I knew about that show, but I didn't really watch it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hilarious premise for a freaking <laughs> Dude, show. It's two guys, <laughs> one girl, and they uh, run a pizza and place. One, yeah. And one pizza place. Yeah. yeah. And then in season two, it's yeah. Then it's just two guys and a girl, and then the pizza place <laughs> freaking burns down. Uh, what I didn't know is actually that uh, many of the story elements in this movie came from a Rolling Stone article called The Undergraduate, which I guess is about the true story of the college career of comedian uh, Burt Kreischer. I guess it was originally optioned by director and producer Oliver Stone to make a movie. And then, you know, Kreischer, who's known as like the shirtless comedian who spent seven years partying at Florida State University back in the 90s, was considered like, you know, the top partier at the top party school. And this is loosely based on his like, <laughs> real life story. This is shocking because I need to get this out of the way right now. I was talking about this when I was watching the movie. I, I knew people in college who had been there for, you know, well over seven years. <laughs> you know? Jeez. We, those people were not hailed as heroes. They were. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry if any of them are listening and I'm alienating them, but I'm sorry. But a 25 year old hanging out with a bunch of like 20 and 18 year, 19 year olds. It just wasn't like we didn't look at these people like they were like awesome. <laughs> but I mean, none of them were Ryan Reynolds or Burt Kreischer. So. Exactly. Exactly. You got to be a party liaison in order to get the, the accolades. And again, I mean, were they going for their doctorates or no, dude? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you find out later on in this movie that Van Wilder is going to school for, I, mean, he's, I believe it's leisure studies. <laughs> he's getting a degree in leisure studies. The fuck is that? <laughs> like hotel management? <laughs> Or just like how to chill. I don't know. Van Wilder is the directorial debut of Walt Becker, who would go on to bring us Buying the Cow, which I guess also stars Ryan Reynolds and Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> that sounds good, doesn't it? Um, Zach, you were telling me off mic that he also directed, I believe, your two favorite films, Wild Hogs and Old Dogs. Those are your two favorites, Yeah, my right? two favorite movies of all time, Wild Hogs <laughs> and Old Dogs. <laughs> he also directed Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip. What? 
and just wrapped production on a live action Clifford the Big Red Dog movie, which oh, looks fucking horrifying. Oh my god! I have I've only seen the screen grab of that. I haven't seen a trailer or anything like that. No, they haven't. I don't think they've released anything because when they initially released that first photo, it was just backlash. City people were like, "What? This is what terrible! It's like a dog doing? covered in blood, yeah. like a like a like a dog the size of a skyscraper covered in blood." So safe to say that this guy doesn't have the most successful filmography of all time. Safe to say he might be one of my least favorite directors of all time. <laughs> I think it's safe to say he started with his best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would probably agree, which is, oof, as you'll find out soon, kind of a low bar. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Van Wilder has a 6.4 on IMDb and a very low 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, only cost $5 million to make. It earned $21 million in the U.S. Uh, with a total of $38 million worldwide. Ended up placing 105th on the domestic box office charts in 2002. So in terms of comedies released that year, it earned far less than uh, previous episode Austin Powers in Goldmember, as well as Mr. Deeds, Barbershop. Uh, this was the year of Jackass the Movie, Orange County, The Master of Disguise, Whoa. Uh, undercover Brother, 40 Days and 40 Nights, uh, the classic Hot Chick with Rob Schneider, The New Guy, and Eight Crazy Nights. But it did manage to outgrow Super Troopers, uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist, Serving Sarah, and Stealing Harvard. Wow. A lot of stay tunes on that list. <laughs> I was going to say, that's kind of a trash year, and I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah. Oh, man. We've got a lot to get through on that fucking list. <laughs> Uh, while a modest box office success relative to its budget anyway, it did become a huge hit on the unrated DVD market. So much so that a sequel, Van Wilder, The Rise of Taj, was released in 2006. Of course, Ryan Reynolds did not come back for that one, but it does, uh, does star Cal Penn in the lead role, of course. And a uh, prequel, Van Wilder, Freshman Year, was released straight to DVD in 2009. Wow. And uh, which one of your, those is your favorite? Ooh, you know what? I own a DVD copy of The Rise of Taj. I picked up at a closing blockbuster you, for a uh, dollar. You, <laughs> fucking, you fucking would. <laughs> you fucking would. I did not know there was a prequel until I was doing the research to this, though, and I was uh, saddened, dismayed to learn that. And uh, Ryan Reynolds purportedly has only seen a rough cut of this film before it came out. He since has never seen the film, according to him. <laughs> I wonder why. Wow. I don't know what's going on there. Yikes. Um, you know, just knowing Ryan Reynolds, um, and I don't know him personally, to be Weird. to be very clear. Yeah, I know. Um, you'd think I would. But just based on interviews I've seen and his Twitter page and, you know, just his personality in general, he probably fucking hates this movie. You heard it first on Nostalgia Begin. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds hates Van Wilder. But what's funny is this, this is the character he's played for the last 20 years, really. It's funny how... It kind of went out of vogue, I feel like, in the early 2000s after this movie, because this was his first starring leading role. He then went on to do, like, bit parts in movies like The In-Laws and stuff like that. But then mm -hmm. right after this was, like, the Amityville Horror, Waiting, Just Friends, Smoking Aces, you know, Definitely Maybe. All these movies where he's kind of playing a variation of this character. Even in, like, the, the action movies like Blade Trinity, he's still doing the Van Wilder shtick, just less, yeah. less like sex centered, I guess. <laughs> and I think I mentioned this last week. Deadpool just feels like violent Van Wilder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. And I feel like now with this, the fight, like the Hitman's bodyguard and free guy and all these movies that are coming out, like he's really just kind of back in, back in that groove of just, you know, there it's a lighter tone of Van Wilder, not maybe as abrasive, but it's just this character. And now he owns a soccer team with, uh, Rob McKelney 
from That's it's right. Always sunny. <laughs> from It's Always Sunny, yeah. A soccer team, and he's got his own, uh, like, wireless. I think it's like. <laughs> Doesn't he have, like, a cell phone company? Too? He, I can't remember, but he, I know he's got, Mint like, mobile. his own. Maybe. I don't know, but he's got his own vodka, too. Like, he's. That's aviation gin, dude. Yeah, yep. or gin, sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's doing it all. That he is. And uh, this was rated R for strong sexual content, gross humor, language, and some drug content. Gross humor? I wonder what they're talking about. <sighs> could be maybe the grossest thing I've ever seen in a movie. It very well could be. And uh, I this is something I specifically remember watching this movie for the first time, because I do want to get into kind of your history before we jump into the plot. The very first time I saw this movie was on DVD. My dad let me watch this far too young. I was probably 11 or 12 years old. Yikes. And I do remember the unrated DVD menu of this movie, because it was two discs. The unrated DVD was just a woman in a t- like a tank top, and it had the titles and like play and all this stuff on there. And she was just standing there. And then when you pressed play, she took off her top. <laughs> and that's what kind of shit we're dealing with, man. I, I did notice when I popped in the old high definition Blu-ray, they nixed that. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but th- I mean, that that really sets it all up. That That is this movie. It's just, it's a horny, horny movie. And as a 11, 12 year old kid, whenever I first watched this movie, I was all for it. It was like right when I was discovering American Pie and all these kind of similar you know, teen sex comedies. And I, this one I carried with me, honestly, a while. I probably haven't seen it since college, really. I think that was probably my last time, you know, visiting Coolidge College as I <laughs> But um, with these teen sex comedies, they always, they never hold up. There's just so many problematic things that every 10 years we cycle through and look back on and say, that wasn't cool. Yeah, and there's a lot of that in this. Um, I, I think I mentioned this last week, uh, had never seen Van Wilder uh, uncensored. I'd always ever just picked it up on Comedy Central because Comedy Central ran this movie. I I, I think they must have had a standing schedule where like every Wednesday we're playing Van Wilder back to back or some bullshit <laughs> yeah, like it's, that. It's Wilder Wednesdays. Wilder Wednesdays. Excuse me. Um. So yeah, and so I don't remember this doggy Claire scene. I thought I did. <laughs> Um, but I guess I didn't, um, because my God, it's grosser than anything I could have imagined. Um, also a lot more nudity other than that, um, you know, besides a couple of F words, I could, there wasn't really anything going on in some, you know, a little bit of gay panic that I didn't quite remember. Lots of gay panic. Wow. Yeah. Um, although there was one gay scene that made me laugh no i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i can't wait can't wait to get to it's it. it's maybe the only genuine laugh i had in the entire movie whoa, um, whoa. yeah um other than that man it's i'm hard pressed to call this movie a comedy because there's Holy nothing shit. funny about it um i just and and it's a bizarre premise i'm excited to get into it because i feel like we there's a lot of for us to nitpick and i i hate doing this with comedies on this show because comedy is obviously subjective sure but man oh man when you when you got a movie like this it it, it's really tough for me to just sit there and be like any of this is funny uh audiences apparently don't disagree with me though brandon i don't think you you read this but it's got an 18 percent from critics on rotten tomatoes very low obviously but a 73 from audiences Hell yeah, it does, brother. So yeah, all you Van Wilder fans, you know, stay tuned because maybe one of us might be slightly positive on this. Maybe. I wonder who it maybe. could be. I wonder <laughs> who it could be. Let's get into it, man. Uh, so we open at Coolidge College. I'm pretty sure this was shot in Los Angeles. I don't know if that's where it's supposed to actually take place, but it's the same campus that like old school 
some parts of Aaron Brockovich. I think even Forrest Gump was shot there. I mean, he does a he does an interview with Northwestern, so to me, it feels like it might be like a Midwest school. Maybe that's where it's supposed, like, or even yeah. like a New York school or something like that. I didn't catch any license plates, but we're introduced to Van Wilder through voiceover on the first day of class of the spring semester. Now, this isn't Van's first day of class. No, he's been at school for quite some time. I believe it's seven years, he says. Mm-hmm. Seven years. Huh. And we meet him while he's getting his uh, pants tailored in his room. I guess this is a tradition that he starts every semester off with. And it's shot um, It's shot from angles to make it appear as if Sook Me, this uh, old Asian lady, is blowing Van. So immediately you know what you're in for. Um, yeah. It's just like an Austin Powers gag, essentially. And uh, no, it reveals she's just, you know, measuring his pants and whatnot while sucking on a lollipop, as all tailors do. Yes, of course. And, uh, you know, it's kind of sort of the perfect introduction to the persona of Ryan Reynolds and his leading man career. He starts off immediately with that, like, sarcastic, sardonic tone that he's just carried on throughout. And but also weirdly likable. I- I'm curious if you like maybe not this character, but do you like Ryan Reynolds in this movie? Oh, I find Ryan Reynolds to be the only likable thing in this movie. Okay, um, I was going to say, it's I, hard I, I, not I, no, to. no, it really is. I, he is as charming and charismatic as he ever is. Um, and it, it is hard to watch him do his thing on screen and dislike that. Um, I could I could see some movies where maybe it gets a little old. This one, I, it's really the only redeeming quality of the entire movie <laughs> is the fact that he is so likable. Yeah, and uh, Van Wilder begins, as every great comedy does, a suicide attempt. Sure. So, <laughs> we've got a jumper! From friggin' the uh, second American Pie person in this movie. Friggin' <laughs> That's right. the kid who plays Shermanator. Yeah, there's actually, like, some clever casting bits here. Uh, again, I don't know how intentional all of them were, but, like, the guy who's yelling, we've got a jumper, is Booger from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Curtis Armstrong That's... is the campus cop. Yeah, that's speaking of problematic films. <laughs> oh, Revenge of the Nerds does not hold up as an okay movie. No, oh, that good needs to God. be burned in a fire. <laughs> Oof, that movie. If you if you get easily offended, do not watch Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, but the jumper is none other than Chris Owen uh, as depressed Timmy. We find out Timmy's not his name; it's just what Van Wilder calls him. But yeah, he's last seen on the show in American Pie, The Shermanator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't want to go to college that year. He's threatening to jump. Fire department, police, I'll try coaxing him down. But realistically, Zach, there's only one man for the job. It's <laughs> it's seventh year senior <laughs> Van Wilder. Part-time negotiator, I guess, Van Wilder. Yeah, he appears behind him, you know, assless. I mean, ass, his cheeks are out because he's pantsless still. Yeah. And uh, we get, you know, just what he's all about. One of his catchphrases, write that down, which he'll say many times throughout this movie. Uh, Timmy does end up jumping, but lands right on the little, you know, trampoline net thing they got going on in there, and uh, he saves a life. Don't be a fool, Zach. Stay in school. It's a bad start to this movie, really. Uh, I don't know, man, because we get a little Jimmy Eat World, the authority song. Uh, We see a bit of Van's life on campus. He's riding around in a tricked-out golf cart. Fucking everyone loves him, dude. He's a legend. I need to pump the brakes really quick. Did you say Jimmy E World? Uh, Jimmy Eat World. I may I th- have said Eat, I th- but yeah. yeah. it sounded like you said <laughs> Eat World, and I'm just trying to think why you would shorten that word in there. <laughs> because his name is James E. World, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no, Jimmy Eat World, the, the soundtrack on this. Whew, oh, what it a is fucking banger, 90s man. rock all the way. Yep, some early 2000s mixed in. It slaps. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, just picture the American Pie soundtrack. It's essentially that. Yeah, but just less, <laughs> less well-known artists, I guess, because they yeah. can't afford, you know, Simple Plan or... Yeah, who was it? Who was in that movie actually as their character? Was it some forty one or no? What fucking band is in that movie first? Isn't Blink one eighty two? Blink one eighty two. I think it might be. Yeah. Blink one eighty two is in in American Pie briefly. Oh, I love it. Um, but uh, Van Wilder, he's so busy despite flunking most of his classes or never going to classes. I guess just with his day to day operations that he needs an assistant. So he's holding auditions or assistant interviews, rather. This is such a stupid gag. <laughs> His right-hand man, Hutch, played by Tech Holmes, just uh, can't keep track of it all, so he needs another person. This is a really, yeah, admittedly, very dumb montage of just idiot characters vying for Van's attention, one of whom is Eric Estrada from Chips for no reason at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, is, like what, <laughs> what college kid is, like, psyched to see Eric Estrada? Yeah, and... Eric Estrada is like playing with his hair or something. He's acting poorly. It's a weird gag. And talk about, yeah, just very problematic uh, portrayals of like male cheerleaders and trans women who have very deep voices. There's one, and I think this might be, Zach, I did watch the unrated cut, so I'm curious if there are any major differences here. There's one fat guy who uses his stomach to make fart noises. Is that in the movie? Yes. Oh, okay, that is good. in the okay. movie, yep. Thankfully. Does he also pass out from exhaustion? Of course, because he's fat. The, he's fat. Okay. Well, right off the top, I'm glad to say that after Any Given Sunday and Phone Booth and Mortal Kombat, a slew of movies sans fart jokes, we're going to get many. <laughs> oh, we're going to get fart and poop jokes in space. Yep. yep. It's a great movie. It's the best movie we've done on this podcast. 100% Brandon, your thoughts. <laughs> Oh, gosh. But there's not one acceptable candidate out of the bunch. That is until they meet Cal Penn as Taj Mahal Badalandabad. Oh, my God. An exchange student from India. Um, you want to talk about problematic right off the bat. Cal Penn. Yeah. I feel like Cal Penn has gone back and said he doesn't like that he's done this. Am I wrong in that? Oh, I'm sure he must have. After working for Obama and all the shit that he's done in his life. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably not very proud of Taj Mahal Badalandabad. Yeah. And it's so funny to see... I mean, this was 2002. Just two years later, he goes on to be, you know, Kumar and Harold and Kumar. And the respect given to that character and the fact that, like, that was what, really the first movie ever to have an Asian and Indian lead as the like, two main characters. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to then see him do basically Apu here. He's doing, like, the most yeah. offensive, like, blatant accent he could imagine. But he's doing an accent. He's making a bunch of racist jokes yeah it's, yeah it's weird how far back this character is to kumar just two years later <laughs> to two years later and and that whole the whole point of that movie kind of was fighting the racism and the stereotypicalness of all that yeah and and two years ago he was playing taj and then he comes back and he plays taj again <laughs> yeah in between the harold and kumar sequels i think van wild uh ryan reynolds rather is also in harold and kumar in a quick cameo as the doctor i think in one point yes he is yeah yeah I don't know how to, how I feel about this character because I do feel like Cal Penn is trying really on it, like playing him honestly, trying to like create this character who is a very sweet kid. Like who? So it, while there are a lot of jokes at his expense, I don't know how. I don't know how mean spirited mm-hmm. it is toward him. If that makes sense, I don't know. I don't think. I think it's unwittingly irresponsible. Yes, yes, I'll agree with um, that. I don't. I don't think they set out to like oh, let's fucking trash Indian exactly. people. Yeah, I, yeah. I think. I think they just. You know, and I hate using this excuse because I feel like we 
use it a lot on this podcast for some of the writing. It was a different time. They were thinking a little bit differently when they were writing characters like this. Like you said, he's doing Apu, basically, and we know that people aren't okay with Apu now. So Taj is returning at the end of the school year to India. He's got one year left. He wants to spend his remaining time in the country getting laid and partying. He's still a virgin, very sexually repressed, so he wants this job because he feels if he fits in with Van Wilder, everyone's going to fucking love him. So we meet, uh, we see a bit more of Van's dorm life. I, dude, this dorm room he has is bigger than most apartments I've ever owned. <laughs> bigger than the apartment I live in. Yeah, it's insane, dude. And it, like this, everyone is just high-fiving him. He knows everyone on this floor. There's, there's, there's sick boy, some, some like quarantined kid. Some kid who's just always sick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, or whatever. A few people who are not very happy about Van's lengthy tenure, his dad, um, a pretty actual clever bit of casting here. It's uh, Tim Matheson, who obviously played in National Lampoon's Animal House, so it's fun to see him here now mm-hmm. as the dad. And then another anti-Van yeah. man is Paul Gleason as Professor McDougal. Gleason, of course, the principal in uh, Breakfast Club. You know, you mess with the bull, you'll get the horns. So, of course, yep. Yeah, he he feels that Van is, um, you know, squandering his potential. He knows that he can succeed if he wanted to, but he just feels he's a lazy prick. So both of them very upset that Van is still in school. And uh, we also finally get to meet Zach's favorite character you were telling me off, Mike. Uh, Gwen Pearson? Yeah, Gwen Pearson. Um, <laughs> you study journalism. By, yeah, you study journalism. Yeah, <laughs> I study journalism. Um, so I love this character. I relate to her so much because, uh, oh, God. Um also, by the way, I was thinking about this. Um, Tara Reid. How have we not done a Ryan Reynolds movie, but this is our second Tara Reid movie? <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I feel bad about that, too. Uh, I don't think yes. we've done a Paul Giamatti movie yet. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Cinderella Man's on HBO. We should watch that. <laughs> I think Big Fat Liar is, too, dude. <laughs> God okay. damn it. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, Gwen, though, she works for the school paper. You know, and despite her talents in journalism, her articles just don't generate a lot of interest from the student body, dude. Because she's not talking about freaking drinking and getting laid, dude. That's what college no. kids fucking like. They want to read about that stuff. They don't want to read about the real issues, you know. Her editor, it's played by Tom Everett Scott, uh, he assigns her to get the unattainable human interest story on Van Wilder. Uh, he normally refuses to do interviews for the paper, but he's such he's just so fucking cool and likable that people want to know more about this dude. Who the fuck would do that? But like <laughs> this is so dumb. I'd be so pissed if I was if I was a student at that school who was like actually interested in reading the paper and I got a fucking <laughs> article about like some douche who's been here for seven years. He's on his fourteenth semester. I don't fucking what? Who cares? <laughs> Sounds Maybe like a loser. Fuck, yeah, yeah, he sounds like a fucking bum. <laughs> uh, she also heads off, though, to beat her boyfriend. We meet uh, Daniel Cosgrove as Richard. Uh, I found that his last name is Bag, and the entire movie, everyone calls him Dick. So I guess his name is Dick Bag. <laughs> well, because the, the, uh, the fraternity is... Oh, yeah, Delta Iota Dick. Kappa. Yeah, yeah. is Dick. Yeah, um, very clever. By the way, glossed over uh, the Aaron Paul cameo. Oh, well, I don't think we've gotten there yet, buddy. Oh, don't you? Oh, worry. excuse yeah, me. Right I'm so sorry. Few. Yeah, we can't gloss over that. Uh, no, I was ready to fucking pounce on it, <laughs> bitch. Bitch. <laughs> uh, so he, yeah, Richard though, he's a pre med student, the president of his fraternity, as well as uh, student government. He's introduced torturing freshmen in this sort of weird initiation. Man, Daniel Cosgrove. He, I, I don't think I've seen him in much or anything really since this. He fucking chews into this role. And he is such a pretentious, toxic asshole. Like, 
I love that. Like, this is a terrible character, but I yeah. love his portrayal of him. He's the worst. He's doing his best. He because like <laughs> it is. I feel like they were they told him over the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's matching uh, Ryan Reynolds. I think energy at least, and so like you have one on the positive spectrum, and the one at the other yeah. end. Yeah. For as cool and collected as Van Wilder is, this Richard is <laughs> as unhinged and crazy as it comes. So, you're right. I it it is. I, I said earlier Ryan Reynolds might be the only redeeming quality in this. I you know I love a good bully. <laughs> <laughs> he is the greatest bully. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, so at the uh, the party that night, because I think it's the one that um, Van just goes to a basketball game and they're sucking, so he promises them some rager, and they're like, "All right, let's win." Because <laughs> they're because he's inviting a bunch of girls over or something like that. That's right. And Oof. so they turn around and they start. I don't know. This is weird. They turned it around. They the win. The one with the deaf coach is weird too. Like I didn't, oh, kind of felt yeah. like they were making fun of him. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. But uh, at the party that night, that's when Van's dad arrives at Coolidge intent on bringing him home. And yeah, he asks a very young Aaron Paul where he can find Van Wilder. Uh, under the fucking Guinness Book of World Records, under the raddest fucking dude alive. Oh, you memorized that line, didn't you? How could I not, dude? It's Jesse Pinkman. He does make an appearance at the end, too. Isn't it weird that of all the people in this movie, besides Ryan Reynolds, Aaron Paul ends up becoming the second most successful person to come out of this film? Isn't that wild? <laughs> that is pretty wild, yeah. But Dad has put a stop payment on this semester's check because he didn't even really, he's so rich, he didn't even know he was spending this money. I guess he's also so out of touch with his son and doesn't talk to him that he didn't even know that he was still going to school, which is insane. How do you not know that you're <laughs> dumping? I only stayed in college for four years, man, and the tuition costs are crippling. <laughs> so like, I don't know. You must be really rich to fucking not know that your son has been spending an extra three years on fucking tuition because that pretty much sets up the movie van needs money fast or he's out on his ass and so there's a line at one point that mm -hmm. cal penn gives like you have to make four five thousand dollar month monthly payments and so i, I didn't know if that was either twenty thousand dollars for the semester or if that was twenty thousand dollars a month but either way it's fucking crippling. <laughs> I think it's twenty thousand for the semester. I guess maybe. Yeah, two thousand two dollars. <laughs> yeah, two thousand two dollars. <sighs> Man. So Van goes to the financial like registrar of the school, who's this old lady who straight up sexually assaults him, uh, so that he can simply get the standard payment plan extension form. <laughs> this is gross because I was thinking the whole time I was like, he doesn't actually do it, right? He doesn't actually. I think Bangles he does. <laughs> he yeah. does. Because he walks he out of there, he's like pulling hair out of his mouth and stuff. Yeah, and then Taj, I hate calling him Taj, but <laughs> um, Taj is looking at the forms and he says they can be mailed in or dropped off and he kind of freaks out and says mail them in because he has a flashback yeah. of her on top of him. So he definitely does. He definitely does. If you reverse the roles of the genders here, this is movie <laughs> very bad. is unconscionable. Yeah. 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 Wow. Huh. But uh, even if he does have the payment plan extension, it's just it, he still needs more money. So Taj agrees to stay on board for free because, you know, a good soldier does not bail when the going gets tough. dude. So I guess they go to a strip club. Yeah. He's got <laughs> $34 and they're like, what do we do with it? They go to a strip club. And then the most bizarre strip club thing I've ever seen happens. <laughs> it is like so out of left field. I couldn't believe they wrote this in. <laughs> the stripper like farts on them. 
a huge fart, like a gust of wind blowing the money everywhere. Yeah, like, and and Taj is like, in my country, this is considered very sexy. Like, <laughs> could you imagine going and like the stripper plays it off like it's nothing. Everyone around them's like, oh, it's another day at the strip club. Like, she just fucking fart crop dusted this whole room. And yeah, Taj is like, oh, in my country, it's an ultimate aphrodisiac. Like, come Ew, on, man. First of all, come like. On. You don't need to do that to the country of India. You don't need to do that. Uh, no, you've already done enough, Taj Mahal by Alandabad. Exactly. <laughs> and and just like everybody at the strip club is cheering like, oh my God, she ripped one. Yeah, the strip club's the best. I can't believe we only spent $34 here. <laughs> uh, but mark it down, man. That's another fart joke. Maybe the first, you know, official fart joke. I think it's the first official one. Yeah. Yeah, if we don't count the fat guy making fart sounds with his stomach. Ah, uh, no, you know what? I think yeah, we, it's I, debatable. It's, debatable. Yeah, it's borderline. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, we'll I think. I think we. Yeah, I think. I think it'll affect the rating. But. <laughs> but anyway, a, a throwaway line with by Todd is like, you know, I wish I had a teacher like that, and then boom, that's where the idea for this topless tutors is born, and Van Wilder essentially becomes a pimp. Kind of a pimp, yeah. A few of the strippers need some extra money, so they essentially place answers of questions on their topless chests and then reveal their breasts when the students give the correct answers. I don't know how viable this is or how many, like, after each question they have to paint this back on. Like, it seems like a very long process. I, oh boy. <laughs> but uh, either way, it's making them money. Everything's good, and it's all set to sugar cults. Uh, I'm bouncing up the walls again. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Gwen finally does meet Van, uh, requesting an interview, which he refuses, but she does manage to score one with him if she meets him at the Naked Mile run later that night, I believe. Yeah. But she's not a fan of this. It's too dirty. And yeah, she's turned off by it all. She leaves. Yeah, of course. Meanwhile, uh, that strip club owner, pretty pissed that all of his A-team is out uh, <laughs> as, the, as topless tutors. So he comes back, threatens to like beat him up. And that's when topless tutors is dead. Thankfully, a cash cow, or as Taj calls it, a cash camel. Oh, my God. What? Walks in. <laughs> so racist. Jesus, dude. It's insane. Yeah, I know. He walks uh, walks in in the form of uh, some nerd. I guess it's the head of the, this nerd fraternity, the Lambda Omega He's got Omega. a fucking giant eyebrow. Yeah, of course. One unibrow. That's that's classic this comedy. Was before Anthony Davis, so it wasn't cool. <laughs> uh, but he offers to pay $1,000 for Van to throw a huge blowout party, boost their cred and popularity, and get them laid. And it works. It's a roller boogie night. It's a fucking huge hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, also that one of the kids from kind of predicting the future, one of the people from Big Bang Theory is one of the kids. <laughs> Dude, I love this when actors are like forced to play the exact same character their entire career. You're going to be I a know. nerd. <laughs> yeah. It's just like your nose is huge. You're gonna be Sorry, like, buddy. Yeah. But hey, yeah, you just got that face. Anyone on the Big Bang Theory is doing OK now. Oh, I've it got fucking no... worked out. For <laughs> yeah, him. I've got no. It worked out for him. I don't think he cares at all. Also, what's his face? The the lead from that guy who was on our uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, yeah. Johnny Galecki. That's Episode. right. Yep. Jonathan, I saw a photo of him recently. Have you seen him? Oh, no. Is he ripped? He's fucking huge. Wait. Yeah, he's ripped as God hell. God damn it. He looks like a bodybuilder. It's uh, insane. Wait, who, you got to check it wait, out. Wait, like the kid from Stuart Little, dude? Jonathan yes. Jonathan Lipnicki? <laughs> no, 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 not Jonathan Lip. Oh, wait. He was also yeah, ripped. That's right, too, right, Jonathan Lipnicki's in the- <laughs> ripped too. Oh my Lipnicki god. Lipnicki and Galecki? Yeah. I don't like that. Galecki is <laughs> 
Galecki's massive. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull oh, up a please do yeah. So because he... <laughs> the same night as this roller boogie night, the other frat, the dick frat, is having a party, but no one comes. I also kept trying to think, what is the fucking theme of their party? I think it's like he's playing like the big bad wolf. Someone says Jack of the Beanstalk, so maybe it's like old timey stories or or lores or I have no idea either way it's a stupid theme but they're pissed off no one's there uh they also find out that Gwen is going to the roller boogie night that pisses off Richard so they all head over there Tara Reed by the way we haven't mentioned her performance in this movie yet but she is straight up devoid of emotion (laughs) she's awful it's it's it, it was weird because I remember sitting there and listening to her read lines and I was like I don't remember her being this bad in in fucking american pie yeah no i don't think so and i think that's probably because she balances off against the fucking rookie of the year's deadpan delivery in that movie too yeah that's true she's maybe the lesser of two people he's so bad he's so bad in that um but (laughs) yeah yeah but she does get the story. I can't find the photo, I'm <laughs> she does get the story. Uh, does interview Van after she overhears um, the you know nerd frat guys talking about how they paid him and how it was all worth it and whatnot. And uh, the story's a hit so much so that her editor <laughs> wants a follow up because people are just ranting and raving about this story, dude. And hey, if she gets the follow up, guess what, bro? It's gonna get front page of the graduation issue. Oh shit! Oh, the graduation issue. <sighs> that is the most important thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh my god, that sounds like a fucking career starter. Because journalism outlets care if you published the last article of the year. You got the graduation issue. You're fucking hired. You're fucking hired. Here's a signing bonus of a million dollars. You work for a corporate fat cat journalism <laughs> company now. <laughs> Uh, Remember when we were journalists? Oh, man, journalism. Oh, it's dead. Yeah. But the article uh, also turns Van Wilder into the party liaison, and his phone is ringing off the hook with offers and clients, and I don't understand how he has the time with the amount of weekends he likely has left in his semester to plan all these parties. Well, because he's not going to school. <laughs> sure. But I just, I mean, physically he's, the time to throw multiple parties a weekend, I, I don't, whatever, it's working for him. He's spending so much time trying to stay in school to not go to class. It's, <laughs> this is, this is such a dumb movie. It's like, it, <laughs> no, you're right. But the, the inherent, like the plot itself, when you think about it, cause yeah, they're, he's just trying so hard to get, gather like 20 grand and all this stuff to just stay in school to not graduate or not do anything it's it's such a weird state of like yeah. purgatory that he's purposely putting himself in i did have a bit of fun here with the uh this croquet game where the asshole frat guys are playing with like <laughs> pledges oh as they're like equipment and stuff it's so dumb it's like a normal conversation and you keep hearing like sound effects off camera of people like getting hit with the croquet ball you, i know the the background noises especially at the fraternity did kind of make me laugh because every once in a while like like when they're eating the eclairs you just hear someone and they like turn down the volume on the sound bite so like it sounds like someone's just like saying it off camera where he's like i think i've tried this before <laughs> that was i think my biggest laugh of the entire movie <laughs> that, so that was it you know I was thinking because this is a National Lampoon movie, and I did recently watch that um, David Wayne National Lampoon. Oh yeah, a futile and stupid <clears throat> gesture. Uh, yeah, right? futile and stupid. Old National Lampoon had such a style that you just can't really find in this movie. It, you know what I mean? Like, it, I feel like I feel personally very sure, devoid yeah. of any National Lampoon humor in this. 
um, except for the occasional like rich people being over the top. <laughs> this scene reminded me of old National yes. Lampoon where yep. they're using all the people as croquet equipment. Yeah, the classic um, like snob versus slob mentality. Exactly. Of, like, yeah. This. Shit. Yeah. Exactly. Like this is this is the only part that I was like, this feels like National Lampoon, and it was kind of funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that. It doesn't have that kind of bite, I think, that the National Lampoon darker edge stuff has. And they, I think, replace that with just crude, like over-the-top, gross-out humor, humor, which I think was in vogue in the early 2000s. Exactly. If it's not a poop joke or, like, a cum joke, um, it's tits. And yep. that's it. Yep. You know, and, that's, and that is kind of National Lampoon's fallback, too, but back to, like, it, if it wasn't a joke, it was tits. They then have this scene where they're they're straight up <clears throat> ripping off Happy Gilmore, it seemed, with this whole hockey rink date thing, where it's like, if you score, I'll give you a date or whatever, or like, I'll give you the interview if you score on me. Uh, I mean, I guess they've used this scene in many movies, but it was really reminiscent of, of the Happy Gilmore setup. Uh, but yeah, if she scores on yeah. him, Van will give her the story, and she's actually fucking great at hockey. Yeah, we get a really cool scene of Tara Reid's stunt devil <laughs> doing some cool hockey stuff. <laughs> Um, because it's obviously not her. And then she's like, my brother's played hockey for the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she scores. He gets all, you know, introspective with her, tells her about his past and his relationship with his dad. And boring. Everything seems to go well. But, uh, but it, I mean. But he's also, he's smart, dude, because he reads. Oh, he fucking reads. He does read. He reads. Yep. And he doesn't want people to know about it. That's right. Yeah, don't tell anyone because it ruins his reputation. He wants to be known as the stupid fucking idiot party guy. He even, like, in brief mentions that he met her favorite Pulitzer Prize winning journalist or something like that, and he quotes him or something. And then yep. later she tries it with her boyfriend, and Richard is like, what is that? That's stupid. That's right, because it's clearly yeah having an effect on Gwen and Richard's relationship. Yeah, later that when they're having sex, when they're uh, having sex again, because Richard he's pre med, so everything is so like clinical and whatnot. And so while he's having sex, there he's just narrating everything that's yeah. happening. Very in medically me- in accurate. medical terms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in medical terms. I'm ejaculating now, releasing my seminal fluids inside you. That's <laughs> so <Yeah>. gross. <laughs> And of course, he's a premature ejaculator. He probably has a small dick. They just go over the top with just like making yeah, fun of this guy. This kid sucks. Yeah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. He uh, probably wears tidy whities Oh, yeah. We can't forget the underwear conversation, Brandon, because I thought that was going to be the end of it, but it plays into the end. You so. better believe it, man. They're setting up breadcrumbs here. That's what's good. There is nothing all in about. Van. Yes, there is not a single line in Van Wilder gone to waste. <laughs> Um, in a very strange move, and I didn't quite understand the motive here, Richard poses as Gwen using her phone and texts Van to come to Gwen's parents' party. They're, of course, very stuffy, very rich, and I guess the idea is that he'll be, they'll be so repulsed by him and his lowbrow demeanor that he'll get embarrassed, I guess. Yeah, Richard just wants to prove that he is, like, trash. That, yeah, that he's better like than that. Van, I guess. Um, but Van, so fucking charming, dude, that he woos the parents, and before y'all know it, these old white people are partying, dude. It's basically that Lonely Island song, Boombox. Yeah, he is Boombox. <laughs> um, Van Wilder is Boombox. They're, like, um, taking shots off of people's tits and stuff. It's it's, it's yeah. a good time. And has her article been published yet, the first article that he's the party liaison? Yeah. yeah, the first article, like I said, yeah, was such a huge hit that, yeah, now yeah. he's getting all these offers and stuff. And she also explains that, like, ooh, he's going to be the subject of my graduation issue <laughs> article. Uh, but this Richard and Van prank war escalates, culminating in, as we've hinted at before, one of 
if not the grossest thing I may have seen in a comedy, in a studio comedy. In retrospect, can't really believe that they let them film this. And it takes up like a good chunk of screen time. Because again, there's no line wasted, no joke wasted. We've set up the fact that Van's English bulldog, Colossus, very funny that he played in Deadpool later on, uh, but Colossus, this this uh, bulldog, has giant balls because he is uh, never released, never had an orgasm, I guess is the idea, is that this dog's just never had sex, and so the dog is constantly walking around, most likely in pain, with these giant dog balls. With enormous testicles, yeah. yeah. Um, but so they empty out the filling of the eclairs, <sighs> and then... And I apologize to our listeners. Yeah. Um, if you're just a full disclaimer, if you're listening to this on speaker, you might want to put on headphones. Yeah, we're always NSFW, but this one is. Uh... But this one is even for us, just like a little over. I'm ashamed. Um, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> that we have to talk about it too. Um, <laughs> they they empty out the eclairs and then they jerk the dog off into the eclair, and then one after the next. Yeah, while he's staring at like pinup dogs. Or pictures of dogs on the back of a bathroom door. Yeah. And and it shrinks the balls immediately, by the way, which is Yeah. Uh, like a dozen <laughs> like a dozen eclairs he fills. Yeah. And God then they it. and then they give them to the fraternity and just the most disgusting I already I've told you I ha- I struggle watching people eat. Sure. Um it, this scene is just fucking disturbing. The the fluid coming out of the eclair. Uh, is... They're like gargling it and stuff. And it's the yeah, most over he's... the top, disgusting fat. Like the fat, like you would never eat an eclair like this. Who's eating pastries this way? <laughs> yeah. And no one would take a second bite of that either. They, yeah. You would know immediately. Oh my God. And there's of course pictures in the bottom of the basket with the eclairs in it that show what, how it was actually made. And so then of course, yeah, it's a projectile vomit. It's just, the, yeah, everybody is... throws up. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen on camera. And I, you know, We've seen very violent, gory movies, and we've seen some gross stuff in movies before. This, I think, takes it as the most disgusting thing I've ever, ever watched on a movie. I, it's truly Gag repulsive. Gag-inducing. Yeah, I, truly, truly repulsive. But the only thing that, that turned it around for me was that very low <laughs> background. Very, <laughs> I think I've had these before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so gross. But, yeah, and again, like, you don't make that in the scene in a movie today, like no fucking way. Does that no, get not made a chance. Today? No. Well, you know, I feel like a writer would be smarter than that too. You know what I, I mean? Hope like, so. Yeah. I mean, Seth Rogen's not throwing that in one of his comedies. <laughs> no, Seth Rogen's definitely not sitting there. And then they jerk off the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! But uh, after that, Taj uh, is trying to get laid still. Uh, there's this lady he met earlier, and Naomi. That's Imone backwards. Um, yeah. She's, you know, we get another topless scene here. He's trying to, like, massage her using oil, but he uses too much. It catches fire. It apparently burns Van's dorm, or at least partially, because we see just it later on. It's not burned yet. Yeah, just his money. <laughs> just his money. <laughs> Taj, like, leaps out of the window on fire and thankfully lands directly into a pool. Everything's all good there. But, yeah, Van loses all his money. Gwen is uh, in sleuth mode. She accesses the transcripts of Van Wilder from the uh, admissions and records office. Fucked up, by the way. Yeah, super illegal. Um, and she learns that Van has actively avoided graduation for the past seven semesters. He stopped attending classes years ago, and he's just 18 units or credits short of graduation. So she's like, what the fuck? Why would Van do this? Why are you putting your life on hold? And he kind of tells her off, too. Like, it's really none of your business, which it's not. 
No, it's not. Um, but that does make him a little introspective, and we get this shitty, quick, contemplative, sad montage with Gwen and Van both sort of missing each other, all set to some shitty Michelle Branch song. Or oh, something. this is a this is a terrible <laughs> montage. It was so dumb. <laughs> Uh, but they make up in the women's locker room later on. Um, he says that he's going to try and go back to class. Hey, don't do it for me. Do it for you. And uh, it is all overheard by Jeannie, who's like Richard's right-hand man. I think she's a member of like a sister sorority who's been, um, yeah, clearly yeah, clearly pining for Richard. Dick, yeah. you know, he later does propose to Gwen, and she sort of blows up at him, doesn't really give him an answer because he's already told her parents and everyone that she's already said yes. <laughs> and again, there's no romance to this. He just has this plan of his life and how it's going to go. And she just fits into it. And so, you know, she's clearly yep. an accessory and man, Gwen deserves more, dude, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Richard uh, arranges to sabotage Van's latest party. Jeannie, who is the head of this like uh, kids organization or whatever. She smuggles underage children into this party, gets them all fucking drunk then calls a campus police officer to the scene, and these kids are, yeah, slamming shots of Jaeger inside. <laughs> See, Van Wilder gets in trouble for this. Yes. But why wouldn't, as the chaperone, why wouldn't she get in trouble for this? Ooh, yeah, very, very good point. I don't know why that bus was there in the first place. You know, you'd think those questions would be asked, but no, it's Van's party, so he's held responsible. Arrested. Yep, arrested and expelled. And so a uh, depressed Van prepares to leave Coolidge until Taj inspires him to fight back against the charges. Because, dude, this made me laugh so hard because it's such a stupid plot contrivance where it shows Taj like doing all this research, this book's all piled up, and he's like <laughs> doing all this shit, and he tells him he has a chance to plead his case to the school board. Like, I found you this rule. <laughs> you can appeal. It's like, yeah, you didn't need to do research on that. I think <laughs> exactly. that's pretty standard that's operation that you <laughs> yeah. can just appeal something. <laughs> you could have found that in the fucking school handbook, brother. Yeah, I don't know why. They would have told they would have told him when he was expelled. Exactly. Like, hey, <laughs> you're expelled, you do have the opportunity to appeal if you want. <laughs> Like, that's how that conversation goes, not just, like, him having it. <laughs> the entire, like, dorm is, like, coming outside with papers and books. Like, we found a loophole, Van. Ew, I hate the students' admiration for this guy, by the way. Uh, it's toxic. It's not good. We're enablers. Yeah. Uh, Dion Richmond shows up for a very split second as a lawyer. I think he, uh, I don't know why, but he's last seen on the show in uh, Scream 3, dude. That's true. I knew I had seen him somewhere. Thank you. Um... <laughs> He's doing like a Cochrane impression or something like that. Yeah, clearly, yeah. But yeah, the student body, they pool their resources to defend Van against the charges before this like university panel, which uh, features the old lady there. There's a couple of other professors as well as, you know, Van's adversary, Professor McDougal, and Richard himself, because he's the president of the student government. He's also on the board. So, you know, there's this like miniature trial essentially where he throws himself at the mercy of the court asking them rather than expel him why don't you force me to graduate i mean you still and one guy is very clearly like i mean it's an infraction like this is an expellable offense like why should we let you yeah i mean he she, he, he is facing jail time by the way yeah yeah but um he offers to complete his remaining units before the semester ends earning a degree in leisure studies you know, it's like one of those like uh, five people on the board. So it's a three to two vote in favor of Van's reinstatement. Professor McDougal surprises everyone with his swing vote. And uh, Van begins studying for the finals, which I guess are held in about six days. So how is he going to do it? How is he going to do it? Yeah. It's, so then this is another gross out scene where Gwen finds out that, you know, Richard's 
been sleeping with Jeannie and also tried sabotaging Van several times. So she knows that he has this very important um, exam. He's doing his medical college admission test where he's got a, you know, interviews and exams. Yeah. Big, big day for Richard. So she spikes his ritual protein shake with uh, colon with a whole blow. lot of laxative. <laughs> yep. Very powerful laxative uh, just prior to taking the test. And uh, I got to say, I did get some chuckles out of it. Again, it's this guy's performance, him in like taking the test. Him with pooping, all these like fart his, noises. His pooping face <laughs> is funny. And he's just circling C down the <laughs> on every single answer, just trying to finish as quick as possible. Oh my god, I completely skipped over my one laugh. Um because Whoa. it was such a throwaway scene. Um at one point Richard is asking Van Wilder to like throw his fraternity's party or something like that. Oh, because he this is when he's telling Gwen, or this is when he's telling Van Wilder that him and Gwen are getting married and he's oh, like, that's right. he's like one last night with the boys. And then he just stares at his friend. Like <laughs> <laughs> in a very yeah, sexual tension way. That, yeah, it was my one laugh. Yeah. Tension. It was my one laugh in the entire movie. I thought it was cause it just came out of nowhere. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> that's right. Okay. It's so good. I'm yeah. sorry. That, that's, right. Yeah. No, that's okay. Cause yeah, that did spur on him being depressed because we also skipped over the whole, there's Sophia Bush for one scene comes in and they like make out. Oh yeah. Sophia Bush. Yeah. And then Gwen walks in on the classic misunderstanding. Mad. Yeah. 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 Um, glad we skipped it. <laughs> yeah. Glad we skipped it too. Um, and it completely derives from where we're at now. Fast forward. Gwen is like forgiving van and like yeah. writing her story on him. Richard, takes his exams but he's got to poop so bad that he fills in every answer he sees so he's clearly gonna fail and then he goes to meet the northwestern people and he can't hold it in any longer so he shits in a basket <laughs> he just drops his pants and has violent diarrhea in this waste basket in the room uh you know to the revulsion and horror of the doctor's present and dude yeah his another one i laughed at again where he was screaming and he's just like i'm bleeding <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, it's so dumb, yeah, man. You got to give this guy credit. He he's going for it. He got it. He got a script, and he was like, "Yep, I got this. <laughs> I got this, man." He's like, "I know exactly what you, you could tell." He's just like pumped to be there. He's pumped to be in a national lampoon movie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Van ultimately ends up crushing his finals. Uh, thankfully, it's so funny this little montage of him studying. He's looking at his dog's testicles at one point, and then mm -hmm. one of his exams is literally naming the parts of a dog's anatomy. It's like, oh, okay. What classes are you taking? <laughs> they they mention and I, I don't know. Whatever it doesn't Again, matter. For, yeah, a degree in leisure studies. Uh, either way, he's he got like a bunch of like core science classes or something yeah, like that. Yeah. He's got like economics, like. Okay. But he's got one last one to go, and of course it's with Professor McDougal. Um, so he's rushing to get there, makes it at the last moment, and believes he's probably failed it because he's the last one, you know, in the exam room. You know, it's time's up, pencils down. And Gwen, meanwhile, is uh, finishing up her last piece that, of course, lands on the front page of the graduation issue. Well, yeah, it's a graduation issue. Yeah, and it's a very heartfelt piece about Van Wilder and what he's meant to this student body and how he's helped all these people and how he deserves to graduate. <sighs> you know, in, in retrospect it's not like that's kind of a nice human interest piece i guess if you're looking at a guy who's raised so much money for the school but the sure. only impression i got of him for seven years was that he just partied part yeah but you know he's clearly done all these yeah extra curricular type fundraisers and whatnot again i didn't know if that was pre him needing money or if this was always the i don't case. know i guess it's always the case i don't know and i feel like we needed a mention of that somewhere because 
otherwise this whole like article plot just to get these two people to meet seems bizarre but but it is a hit. Everyone loves it. It's it's so funny watching everyone read the article, including the editor. Like you've already seen this, yeah, buddy. You've read this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're all reading it. She even mails a copy to Van's dad, and later on, McDougal visits Van in his dorm to personally give him the results of his exam. He succeeded, dude. Ninety one percent. He's finally realized his potential. Fuck yeah. Yes. So everyone's partying in celebration. You know, it's some sort of Hawaiian party that I'm sure cost this. Thousands of dollars. These parties, they claim like one of them cost a thousand dollars. It costs far more than that, my friend. Again, maybe this is two thousand two dollars. So. Well, he re- he he rented out the roller rink, so that in itself probably costs like several a few hundred. Dollars. Yeah, exactly. And then you got beer yeah, and all this. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe even more than a thousand. So who I, knows? But either way, it's a fucking hell of a time. Uh, we do see Aaron Paul one more time as his dad walks up to him asking, "Hey, where can I find the raddest fucking dude alive, dude?" Van Wilder, he's over there, dude. I know you, and then he passes out. Yep. Aaron Paul. Classic. Soon to win many Emmy. <laughs> yeah, soon to be Emmy Award winning Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Ah. El Camino, very good movie. <laughs> Taj, meanwhile, meets a lovely lady who, of course, is Indian because we couldn't have him possibly be with a white woman. Well, he can't be with a white woman, <laughs> yeah. Brandon. Ah, please. gosh, this is 2002. So yeah. uh, Van, Van's dad, of course, makes up with his son, and Van also reconnects with Gwen. Uh, they seem to hit it off. Everything's forgiven. We get a beautiful little jib out set to Hello by uh, Sugar Bomb, which is the same exact song that ends another 2002 comedy, Orange County. Thanks. Just for a- yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then we get some bloopers. Yep. Some bloopers that... I hated I hated a lot of these bloopers because they were just like reaction shots to different scenes. So it'd be like someone made a goof and then it would cut to a different scene entirely where someone was laughing, but it wasn't in reference to that cut. So I don't know. It's just stupid. Yeah. And it was and it was a lot of just like also we saw a lot more like gay Richard. Dog balls. Yep. And gay Richard. Yeah. We saw a lot oh, more yeah, that's gay right. Richard yeah. because at one point he like kisses his friend's neck. And then <laughs> yeah, he gets blown point, in like, the car. Is, yeah, it gets blown in the car by his friend, so <laughs> Oh, I did. They, that must have been a storyline that they were like going for, and then they were just like, "Nah, you know what? Never mind. Let's pull back." Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, that's Van Wilder, man. Yep. You want me to go first? You want to go first? I know who's going to be a little harsher. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll go first, and then we can end on like a positive note. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I, it's just not funny. It's it's straight up just not a funny movie. Um, it's. I don't know, very inconsequential. It, it's interesting that this was actually based on something because I find this whole plot to be just ridiculous. The, yeah, the fact I'm sure that, like, Bart any, Kreischer didn't have to like raise money to stay in college. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Bart just... Kreischer was just a really fun guy and people liked <laughs> hanging out with him. But yeah. like, and maybe the school paper did that, did an article on that, which in and of itself I find weird educational journalism is very bizarre um but yeah i it's just kind of a bizarre movie um it's a little over the top in its crude humor um again like you said they're making a lot of those kinds of movies that was very in back then it just doesn't hold up now that's the whole point of the show is to see if it holds up and it really doesn't that humor doesn't really hold up i think we hold audiences and writers to a higher standard than a lot of the crappy jokes that are in this movie. Um, I think even for its time, I think it was just a little too focused on grossing you out or like, you know, making you horny. Um, Cause I, you know, Ryan Reynolds carries this entire production on his back. He is 
you know, it's no wonder why he had such a successful career following this movie because he's very fun. He's very charming. Um, and you know, watching this, it just makes you crave all of his better roles. You just want to watch a good movie with him because he's a fun guy to watch on screen. But you know, other than that, Richard may be the only other funny part of this movie, but even he's like cartoonish. And I, and I don't know if that was the intent or not. If that's the intent to be like, he has to be so over the top and cartoonish, then it's funny. If they were just writing it because that's what they think a college bully is, then it's not funny at all. So <laughs> it's, you know, I, I think there's a lot of lines that they tow. Sometimes they get it right. A lot of the times they get it wrong. I just think it's kind of a boring plot that doesn't really make any sense. Tara Reed is lifeless in this. It's, yeah. it's, it's I don't know how you can pair her up with the most charismatic guy that's ever been in Hollywood <laughs> and, and just have her do nothing. She uh, she's so boring in this. Yeah, man. And the dog eclair scene was enough to just turn me off of the rest of the film. I it really was. It was that bad that it's just like for the rest of the movie. I'm just thinking like, man, this movie has no shame. It has zero shame. Um, I I'm gonna give it. I don't think it's 18 bad. I think it's around a 30. Um, and strictly yeah. solely based on Ryan Reynolds. And what's his name performance? I can't remember his name. I, I apologize. Yeah, Daniel Cosgrove. Yeah, Daniel Cosgrove. Yeah. Miranda Cosgrove. Um, iCarly <laughs> coming back to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, just uh, just bad. I, I, if you're nostalgic for it, I would skip it. I, I really would. Don't ruin your memories of Van Wilder. Um, just remember the good times, I guess, because it it just doesn't hold up. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I have to agree with you that Ryan Reynolds is this movie, and without him, I, it's borderline unwatchable. Picture fucking any of the other leads from American Pie in this movie, oh, and it's gosh. you can't You're do Ostriker, dude. Ostriker. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Picture the guy who played Chris Oz. Klein. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Picture Chris Klein in this movie. It's, Again, I could it's, picture Stifler though. I could picture maybe a Sean William Scott, and even him though. I don't think he I don't has think that it'd be charm. Yeah. I think he's too unlikable. Uh, and I love Sean William Scott. I just Same, don't yeah. think he's as likable as Ryan Reynolds. If this character is even an iota less likable than Ryan Reynolds is, this movie is shot to fuck. It's terrible. I agree. Jason Biggs? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ew. I mean, not that Jason Biggs could play this role, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's just Ryan Reynolds is this movie. He is, yeah. And I think it, it, the only the only caveat I could recommend this to really anyone who hadn't seen it is simply for the fact of if you want to see how Ryan Reynolds sort of cultivated this persona moving forward, this is really the inception of that. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, you might be able to get something out of that in terms of the movie itself. Yeah. I, I'm not one of those sticklers for political correctness. I don't get offended very easily, but I have to admit that a lot of this is just downright like yeah. oh man absurdly offensive and over poor the cow and poor cow pen man poor cow pen yeah and, and honestly i do hope we do cover that harold and kumar movie at some point on the show because i genuinely love that movie I, I think it's a very funny comedy that treats its its characters with uh, a lot of respect un unlike this movie and while there is offensive movie jokes in that they know it yeah of course um, of course and even if some of them are mean-spirited it's not towards the lead characters. It's the other idiots. It's supposed to make you think. Of, it, yes. it makes you think about it. Yeah. yeah, we have to cover that movie because it's way, way better than this. If you do want to watch it, good. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, like a kind of a gross out yeah. comedy. Check that one out. Yeah, saying. sorry, I'm, I'm stepping on your. No here. worries, man. Yeah, and so I'll make this brief. I, I do think that it's, it's, uh, it doesn't hold up in terms of it, the quality of its jokes. 
I don't necessarily know if they ever were that good. <laughs> it, you know, maybe I was just young and I thought they were funnier than they were because, you know, I just wanted to see titties and jokes and farts on, on screen. <sighs> now in 2021, as an adult, yeah, it, it doesn't quite hold up. But I do have to no. say that there are a few jokes in here that still get me. I think if in terms of, of gross out sex comedies, it's doing what exactly it's meant to do. And, and I think if you're in the mood for that, it's a genre that really doesn't get made anymore. I mean. You look at the teen comedies we're getting now, like Booksmart and stuff that are so, you know, <laughs> forward and, and uh, progressive. I think like Good Boys might be the closest thing we've come to that. Yep. And again, I, I think it's just not in style anymore. And it's kind no. of a forgotten genre. And maybe for, for the better, because it's just, ugh, we've changed. We've changed. We've progressed. I, I, I said this earlier. We're smarter than that now. Yeah. We, yeah. we are. We're genuinely smarter than that. We, I don't hold people to a higher standard, but when it comes to their comedies, I think I do. It's a breezy watch. I was never bored during this. I do think that it's just an outrageous premise, and it, it, it's, it's continually like just dumb scene after dumb scene. So for a plot, it's not yeah. that great. <laughs> also, I forgot to mention, too, weird sound effects in this movie. <laughs> okay. There's like random, like, it sounds like a shock DJ shit. Yeah, like, yeah and some edits, there's some weird, like, white, like Star Wars wipes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very weird. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but either on. way, it's the best film of uh, Walt Becker's filmography until I see that Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. Yeah, until Clifford the Red Big Red Dog blows us the fuck away. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna go a little higher than you. Again, I don't think it's 18% bad. I, I do think that comedies typically comedies and horror typically get ripped apart by critics um, yeah. unfairly, in my opinion. Again, comedy's subjective, but I do think this one's a bit better than that. I'll go about a 40. Uh, okay. It's definitely not a fresh film, but but I it's a movie that I could see myself watching again with friends, mostly just to see Ryan Reynolds and how this all started. I I. I if you haven't seen it before, that's the only way I'd recommend it. And if you were nostalgic about it, maybe leave this one in the past. But if, you know, pick your poison. You know Man, what I mean? If I you just, want to. I just don't foresee myself ever, like, willingly watching this ever again. <laughs> yeah, I that really dog, that and dog scene is, is truly horrific. It really is. It's going to haunt my memories. It's, it's that bad if you haven't seen the movie and you're like, well, I got to see the dog scene now. You've been warned. You don't have to. <laughs> You, I think I was a better person before watching it. <laughs> and now I just, now I'm like just a little emptier. Yeah, a little less Zach. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, there we go. All right. So yeah, Vin Great Wilder. band name, by the way, a little less Zach. A little less Zach. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, good band name. Uh, well, Zach, what uh, what are we doing next? Before we get into next week's rather, yeah. uh, anything Easy. you wanted to recommend? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, only new thing I saw, and I'm sure it's going to be on your list, so I apologize. Uh, new Bo Burnham special, man. Um, whoof. It's it's hilarious. I mean, he's he's back in form, but <sighs> that guy's got some also, problems. <laughs> yeah, he's also back in form, if you know what I mean, man. He doubled down on the sad. Yeah. Um, and. The first half of it makes you laugh. It really does. And then the second half makes you want to die. It's, yeah. it's All shot in quarantine. That guy. I, I understand why he left. Comedy. And I hope he comes back. I hope he starts doing live shows again because I feel like that'll pick up a little bit on the happiness. And I think he did allude yep. to that, especially at the end. He kind of gives like a little smile when he's like going back and watching it. Um, but man, it. It's a tough watch. You have to be uh, watch it in the daylight. That's all I'll say. So you can like go outside afterwards. Yeah, make happy. His previous uh, stand up special is one of my favorite stand up pieces ever. Ever. Genuinely. Yes, it really is. It's it's amazing. He's he is genuinely such a 
talented, talented, talented yeah. person. Whether that's um, acting in movies like Promising Young Woman or directing like eighth grade, like yeah. I can fucking do it all. Well, even this was even this, he did everything. The lighting in it is mind blowing. Yeah. The the direction, the editing, all of this is so fucking good. And from a filmmaking perspective, you're watching and you're like, this is unbelievable yeah. what he's doing. But god damn it, I we watched it at night and like all I wanted to do was see the sun afterwards. It's that it's that depressing. Um so watch it like early in the morning or dirt, you know in the mid afternoon so you can go out and like get some fresh air. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh I'll recommend a few ones that I watched recently. Uh, Saint Maud, which is on uh Amazon Prime. It's the new A24 movie that kind of got sh- lost in the shuffle of the the pandemic and was like pulled from theaters. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> That's an intense watch. If you're in the mood, if like Hereditary or any of those A24 horror films kind of spark your interest, give it a watch. Okay. It's like 84 minutes too. So oh, perfect. Out. Love it. Yeah. Um, uh, the Father and Minari were two uh, like awards contenders, the Anthony Hopkins one mm-hmm. and the uh, Stephen Yun drama. Both both really good. Again, these aren't movies that you want to watch with friends, but they're just really great, solid dramas. Sure. I did get to see A Quiet Place 2, finally oh. in theaters. Dude, I'd say genuinely just as good as that first one. The, the premise is so simple that like, if you start to pull threads, I, there were so many questions I had about the first one. Like, why is this happening? Why don't they this or that? Why don't they just live by yeah. that waterfall? Why do they, why do they think that taking your shoes off is less silent? Or whatever. Any, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but again, I love Killian Murphy, um, and they don't do the whole over-explaining the monsters or the invasion or anything like that. So if you like that first one, I genuinely couldn't see you not liking this one. So I do worth like, the trip to the I do love Killian Murphy, so. And then lastly, the one I don't want to recommend, I did see Army of the Dead, dude. <laughs> All two and a half fucking hours what? of one of the least fun zombie movies I've had the pleasure I'm of I'm shocked. Zack yeah, Schneider's man. Army of the Dead? God How's damn, Zack like, Schneider how How was it? How's Zack oh, Schneider so, was it? So, again, yeah, like Justice League, like all these movies, it's so there's so many awesome fucking ideas like that are just hinted at that are like, oh my God, please show me this. And then no, we're going to spend fucking two and a half hours with Dave Bautista moping around Vegas. <laughs> tell me, tell me, is it setting up a sequel or a universe? Oh, dude. Not a universe. They're getting, we're supposed to be getting an animated prequel as well as a sequel and all this shit that's literally just an okay zombie movie at best. Nowhere near as good as his Dawn of the Dead. So, dude, I am so sick of Zach. Just leave it alone. I am so sick, sick of Zach Schneider's The Setup. Like, it, that's all his movies are now, are just fucking setting up shit. Stop setting up movies and show me a fucking movie. Sorry, I'm projecting from Mortal Kombat. Sure, Just yeah, stop which, had, which Zack Snyder up. didn't do, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but still, it felt like it. It felt like he did. <laughs> stop setting up movies and just show me the fucking movie. Okay. Yeah, dude, show me the sequel to The Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. <laughs> didn't he do that one? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Oh, man. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Well, we're going very anti-Snyder film next Thank week. God. <laughs> yeah, it, we are going about as whole, you know, and it's funny, we're going very anti-Van Wilder, too, because we're going about sure. as wholesome as you can get. Yep, very excited. Uh, 1993's The Sandlot. Yes. Fucking, <sighs> we are in full swing in the baseball season. Did you see that freaking baseball pun? Um, Great pun, man. Yeah, and... Uh, you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> oh, what a home run! Spe- yeah, speaking of that... Uh, Sports podcast we're starting up. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just going to be Brandon doing puns. <laughs> yeah, for sports, I vaguely know things about. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited because it's been a while since I've seen The Sandlot. And I think when we're talking baseball movies, I, I've i got my list of favorite baseball movies. Mm-hmm. Sandlot, maybe number two. 
maybe three, two or oh, three. I was going to say it. I think it's largely considered, especially from people from our generation, as yeah. one of the best baseball movies I think, ever. Yeah. I think even non-baseball fans really like The Sandlot. So I think yep. this is going to be a good movie. It's going to be a nice palate cleanser from fucking Mortal Kombat and Van Wilder. And dog ejaculation. And yeah. Dog ejaculation, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we're going to have fun with it. We, we need a good movie. We do. I think it's on Hulu right now. It is on Hulu. It's streaming on Hulu, so... Uh, feel free to watch it if you don't have a copy of it already. I'm fucking excited. Nice. Well, uh, yeah, feel free to check out that episode when that drops next week. Check out all of our episodes on nbd.podbean.com, where we are originally hosted. But you can find us on other streaming apps, iTunes. Uh, so I guess it's Apple Podcasts, right? Yeah. yeah Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, if it was available. It's not iHeartRadio. Um who has refused to give us money. Um, <laughs> Strangely, I don't get it. Yeah. Follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter. I guess you can follow us on Facebook. We kind of hate Facebook now. Um, yeah, if we're there or if it didn't get pulled, who knows? Either way. Yeah, if, if we're still on Facebook. Yeah, search us, question. you'll find us. Yeah, just Google us. We're there. Um, and again, we are looking for extra content to record for you guys. So if you have any ideas, if you have any ideas of movies you want us to cover on the normal podcast, if you have something that you think you know would be like good extra content, let us know. We are looking. Um, so we appreciate everybody listening. And you know, tell a friend, please, for the love of God. Tell a friend. Write a review. Like he said, we are in the early stages of maybe looking to get uh, uh, Patreon started at some point over the, the next few months yeah. or something like that. So yeah, looking for extra content. If you have any ideas or suggestions, write us in nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com. Yep. Huh. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, tune in next week for The Sandlot. And um, don't graduate. Celebrate, dude. Cue the music. <laughs> Thank you.